everyone. Welcome to the Top 1% Sellers Academy webinar series. Our guest today is an amazing sales coaching expert, Keith, Keith Rosen. And you may have already seen his book entitled Coaching Salespeople into Sales Champions. And he has an amazing and an abundant uh, resources on his websites, which we will talk about. And he also is working on a new book, called Coach Quest. We'll actually have a chance to talk about that. And he recently also published a book called Own Your Day, which we'll also pull into our conversation today. Keith, I'm very excited to have you with us today. Thank you, Ash. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. And I just want to let everybody who's watching us and listening to us that Keith's webinar and a lot more content is going to be available for top sellers who want to become top 1% one, top sellers, when you go to the Top 1% Sellers Academy, you're actually going to listen in to a lot more content from Keith and from other sales experts, and you're going to be tapping into an amazing resource that will help you really raise your game and be one of those top 1% sellers at the President's Club, at the Chairman's Club, on the stage, really taking in the rewards and the recognition that you deserve for you deserve for becoming a top one percent seller so with that i will actually close the uh this screen share and we'll go into the conversation here with with keith um keith again welcome thank you ash thank you so um one of the things that i i just based on my research for our conversation, I heard you talk at Salesforce and you basically said to everybody who's listening to you from the stage, you basically said to them that a lot of sales managers are coaching in their own image. Mm -hmm. And it made me pause. And I wonder what you meant and if you could share with our audience, what does that mean? You are starting right off strong, Ash. I have to tell you, this is... This is a juicy conversation. So yeah. when I say managers and leaders are coaching in their own image, and let's even transcend that to salespeople, salespeople selling in their own image. What that really means is you are taking your experience, your belief system, how you perceive things should be done, and you're taking that and you're putting on someone else. So it's basically your agenda. So for example, if I'm a sales manager and you're one of my direct reports, you might come to me with a problem. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening. And after I listen to you, I'm going to say something like, okay, Ash, I'm going to put my coaching hat on. Yes. <laughs> this isn't coaching. And then they're going to say, here's what you should do. That's not coaching. And what's going to follow that is, well, when I was in your position, this is how I handled it. So you should do this as well. So that's coaching in your own image. You're not honoring the other person's individuality. Yes. What you're doing is you're really just building mini me's. You're building robots and you're not tapping into any of their creativity ideas and allowing them to self-reflect and self-actualize so they can grow themselves. Yes. So when you start coaching in your own image, you're really what I call shooting on people, S-H-O-U-L-D-I-N-G, in case anyone heard that differently. Yes. And a should is basically the excrement of your own agenda. Yes, that's fascinating. I thought it really summarized uh, what a lot of sales managers will tend 
to do, right? Almost like the default setting would be to immediately get into coaching in their own image. And I think that opens up the conversation. And I, I want, I mean, people listening in are sales professionals, they are account managers, and some are sales leaders. And I think what we would do in the conversation is we're going to arm each one of them to kind of help the other one uh, in this process, uh, help them out as, as best as possible. So we'll start off by looking at, you know, when you're thinking about that sales manager, then really you're basically telling him or her, you need to watch out for your default setting, that that's where your comfort zone is going to be, right? So, so as that manager, sales manager steps back, um, you know, and thinks about the coaching process, how should they think about it differently in order to make sure they succeed? Hmm. What's showing up for me is probably one of the most fundamental shifts managers need to make. Yeah. And I have a lot of mantras and universal principles when it comes to coaching. One <clears throat> universal principle that I share with leaders is actually very simple. You need to make a shift from leading with answers to leading with questions. Yes. Now, that sounds like it makes sense, but of course, managers will say, Keith, okay, get it. How do I do it? Yes. And to me, there's two components when you're developing people. It doesn't matter if it's salespeople, uh, operations, another department, leaders. And when you're developing people, it's not just about one-way direction. Hey, this is what you need to do. Um, again, that's going back to coaching in your own image. Yes. So. When, when you're talking about evolution and you're talking about probably the number one barrier, again, there's what you do and who you are. You can't just change one because if you're only changing what you do and you're not changing who you are, you're only developing half the champion you can be. Yes. So one of the inner games of coaching, which to me is taking the very holistic approach because between you and me and about 100,000 people right now, I don't like the word training, okay? I'm all about transformation, transforming people from where they are today to where they need to be tomorrow because that is what sticks. So to bring this back to one of the most core universal principles of coaching has to do with being the chief problem solver. Yes. yes. So of course, I ask this very rhetorical question anytime I'm working with a team of managers and I'll say, just by a show of hands, how many of you, and I know this is going to sound absolutely crazy, Mr. and Mrs. Manager, how many of you have ever been in a situation where your people come to you, your directs come to you, and they say, boss, I need your help. And you're sitting there, probably in the middle of something, yes. and you're thinking, okay, uh, I got to support my people, really need to get back to this, let me just tell them what to do. And of course, I'm sure no manager ever does that, right? <laughs> my sarcasm is translating. Yes. So yeah. what winds up happening is, and here's one of those other paradoxes in leadership, which is managers and leaders are actually creating the very problems they want to avoid. And when I give managers, you know, when we're in a room for two days, it's really a gift that you give your people because they don't often have that opportunity to self-reflect on themselves to ask, am I really where I want to be as a salesperson? Am I really where I want to be as a sales leader? Yes. So when we talk about this, it gives them that space to reflect. And I walk them through this conversation and I say, okay, chief problem solver, you're basically out there solving everyone's problems. I can't remember a time after literally working with 
hundreds of thousands of managers and salespeople globally where a manager has told me, oh, Keith, I never do that. Yes. It's always, yeah, I'm guilty of that. Yes. So I walk them through what happens because right now they're so myopic. They're thinking, okay, I got to solve this now, but they're not thinking about what culture they're creating on their team. So exactly. let's, let's fast forward this. If you come to me as, as a direct and say, Keith, I need your help, and I give you an answer, think about that underlying message I'm sending. Yes. So the underlying message I'm sending, I'm already setting a precedent, which is, hey, Ash, anytime you have a problem, just come to me. I got your back. I'll fix it for you. Yes. So basically, again, managers creating the very problems they want to avoid. I have yet to run into a manager who doesn't want to develop a team of independent, accountable, high performers. Yes. Well, wait a second. Uh, I just set the precedent where every time one of my directs comes to me, I give the answer. That's what they're going to expect every single time. Absolutely. So the irony, the costly irony is I'm not scaling. I'm actually creating a team of people dependent on me. Exactly. Yeah. And then the, then the additional cost is, so if I give you a solution to act on and you go out and you execute on it, and it fails. Right. <laughs> you told me so. <laughs> you got it, buddy. Then you get, hey, hey, boss, my hands are clean on this one. You know, exactly. you told me what to do. This wasn't my idea. This was yours. It's not my fault. It's yours. So the real kicker here is managers are robbing people of the very accountability they want to instill in them. Exactly. Because yeah. once a manager solves the problem, guess what? They shifted the problem from their direct right here onto their shoulders. Now it's their problem. Yes. And, and you know, the awkward position for a lot of sales professionals listening in, if that's the profile of the manager, how do you want them to manage them to manage that manager? What, what would you advise them of doing? The salesperson? Yes. Oh, awesome. So I've worked on an ebook, which people can download on my website on coachquest.com. And it's free. It's, it's called coach up. And all of the books that I've ever written, they surfaced after working with my clients and hearing the same themes over and over and over again. And I would say, clearly I need to write about this because this is impacting everyone on a global, a global yeah. scale. You see it happening again and again. Oh yeah, so this is really an opportunity to coach up. And by the way, that's not just limited to the salesperson to their frontline manager. That's the frontline manager to their boss, to yeah. their boss. To their boss all the way up you can coach up so when a salesperson is not getting the coaching and I believe that's your question they're not getting the support of the coaching they need sometimes it's really uncomfortable for a direct report to go to their boss and say hey you kind of suck as a manager um, you need to change okay that's not gonna fly right exactly what we need to do and this is a concept that I write about in my my coaching book is we need to enroll people. And enrollment is a universal phenomenon. If you think of the greatest leaders in the world, one thing that they had in common was their ability to connect, to engage, and to enroll people in their cause. And often their cause is much bigger than them. It could be world peace, eradicating hunger, equality. These things are bigger than them. And when they share their message to the world, it's going to resonate with tens if not hundreds of thousands if not millions of people they've enrolled them in that greater cause so now we're going to take that concept we're going to bake it down and how that can be applied in the business world you see when managers and even salespersons 
salespeople. If a salesperson is talking to a prospect or a customer, if a manager is talking to a direct report, yes. if I do not tell you what my intentions are in that conversation, the human condition defaults to fear. Uh, so I'll give you a perfect example. Yes. Um, and again, you, since you're right in front of me, Ash, I'm going to keep using you as my example, okay? So uh, you're the direct report. Um, I'm your boss. I shoot you an email. You open the, you, you, you see in your inbox, and in the subject line, it says, call me ASAP. Yes. What's your first reaction? My God, did I do something wrong? <laughs> exactly. Uh-oh, am I in trouble? Am I going to lose my job? Are they putting me on a performance improvement plan? Where did I mess up? Exactly. The fear. And then, of course, they follow up with their manager, and the manager says, hey, listen, you know, I just wanted to follow up with you. Um, I saw you turned in that other deal. Just want to say congratulations, job well done. Yes. And the salesperson sitting there saying, that's it? Yeah. That's it? Yeah, that's it. And it's interesting because the human condition doesn't default to pleasure. So right. if I sent you that same email that says, hey, call me ASAP, direct reports don't respond with, oh, this is going to be awesome. My manager is going to praise me and tell me how amazing I am. Not the default. Yeah. Exactly. So that's why when you talk about enrollment, it's about setting intention setting expectations and creating alignment. Yes. And that is probably one of the reasons why coaching will be very successful. Observation, tapping into people's individuality, all the things that we can do a deeper dive on, yes. but also conversely, it's why coaching will fail. It's why managers will erode trust with their people because if their people don't know what the manager's intentions are, they're going to make up the whole stories in their head. Oh, this is about my manager. You know, he or she needs to hit their number. Or they don't really care about me. Exactly. Because the manager never set the intention. And the, the, the most critical part of enrollment is this. Listen, here's what we're doing. And that's what managers pretty much stop right there. Yeah. Okay, we have a new, new initiative. Here's what we're doing. Okay, guys, go do it. Yeah. And then they wonder why people aren't doing it or why you know Keith I don't understand we just rolled out the CRM I don't understand why everyone's resisting doing it exactly. and then of course I asked well how'd you roll it out well we said hey this is our new CRM here's the training now go use it yes yeah. no enrollment because they stop it this is what we're doing to continue that conversation it's here's what we're doing here's why we're doing why we're do yes what's the why in every conversation, even when you're coaching and selling, what's the why? Yes. And most important, here's what's in it for you. Mm -hmm. So if I don't connect what we're doing yes. with the benefit for you to create that alignment, yes, people are going to resist. And it's but so when people when it, people see the value, yeah. that's when you have aligned, you know, here's the business objectives, here's people's personal goals. When it's focused towards a shared vision and a shared goal, that's when you create extraordinary performers. Absolutely. And it's so simple and disarming at the same time, but so critical. And, and I'd love for you to go back to that subject line. How would you change? Because a lot of sales managers are like, chop, chop, chop. They're trying to get things done and they may write that message, right? thinking nothing is wrong, but it creates that human condition, as you said. How would you recraft that subject line? So <laughs> I actually spent a lot of time on phraseology and coaching it. Uh, the, the message, occupational hazard, I guess, being an author. <laughs> exactly. uh, so people don't realize how important the subject line is. And that includes prospecting as well, if you want your emails open. Otherwise, people are going to look at it and just delete it. Because you're competing about you know 500 emails a day with some people. Yes. So... 
subject line could be as simple as shifting from, hey, call me ASAP to want to talk to you about your success on this deal. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, so now the now the, the direct reports look and say, oh, I get it. I understand their intention. They were clear. I see what's in it for me. Can't wait to speak to my leader. Yes, that's fantastic. Yeah. That way they're not wondering to your point and, and just they, they can spin wheels and maybe even lose a lot of productivity that way. Oh my gosh, Ash, spot on with that. And because yeah. what are they doing? They're sitting there putting meaning on everything. Well, what does my boss mean? Next thing, next thing you know, an hour passed by. That's an hour productivity that they just lost. Exactly. But exactly. we're aligned. And it's interesting because if you take it from the written communication and you bring it to face to face, and of course, I know a lot of managers that manage a virtual team or you know, a remote team, uh, which by the way, um, let me just put this one to bed. Everything that you could do in person coaching, you can do on the phone. Yes. I'm the poster child for that. Yeah. <laughs> years, 99% of all my one-on-one -on -one coaching clients, on the phone. It's on the phone. Yeah, exactly. so it applies. Just making sure everyone hears that it applies to so phone uh, coaching as well as face to face. So yeah. let's say you and I are coaching face to face. Yeah. And you know, a couple of days pass, and I want to follow up with you. So there you are. You're sitting at your desk. Now I walk up to you. Yeah. And I say, "Hey, got a minute?" Now, when was the last time a direct report turned to their manager and said? Nope, got no time for you, boss. <laughs> exactly. So what are they going to do? They're going to say, oh, yeah, sure, for you. I have all the time in the world. Yes. The problem is the manager is not taking into account what that salesperson was doing at the time they just interrupted them. Yeah. What happens if that salesperson just lost a big deal? What happens if they're having just a bad day or they got into a fight with their spouse or significant other? Right. What happens if they're dealing with a high pressure situation where they're on a deadline and they have to get a proposal out or follow up with a customer? And there you are, the boss, totally interrupting them and throwing them off their schedule. Yes. And, it's, and even if you're a leader and you have to have an important conversation with someone, do you think they're going to be engaged? Do you think they're really going to be present? They're thinking about the stuff that you just interrupted them on that they need to go back and do. Exactly. So it's such a simple strategy where a manager to respect someone else's time is walk up to that person and say, Hey, Ash, um, do you have a couple of minutes? I'd love to talk to you about a couple of things I've noticed that we can work on that will make you more successful. Um, do you have a couple of minutes now to talk about that or in the middle of something? Yeah. So notice what I did. A couple of things here. Number one, I didn't just say we have to talk now. Yes. I gave me out. Right. So you know what boss, let, let me finish this. I have to get this email out or I have a, a meeting in 20 minutes I have to prepare for. Can we talk later in the afternoon? Yes. Of course, it's great. You respected their time. The yeah. other thing I did was I also let them know what I wanted to talk to them about. Exactly. Because if I just say, hey, you got a minute or you're in the middle of something and they say, uh, I'm in the middle of something. Um, and then you say, well, can we talk later? And they say, sure. They're going to spend the rest of the day figure, trying to figure out Exactly. Yeah, that's a very Great. good point. That's that very good. fear kicks in again. Absolutely.